Your next promotion is just the beginning, and this podcast shows you how to get there. Welcome to episode number 166. Today's episode is an interview that I did towards the end of last year with the Confidence Sherpa, Nicole Khalil. This interview took a bit of a turn, and I'm really excited to give it to you. So when I was first looking at Nicole's work and I was drawn to her, it was namely because of this idea that she was the confidence Sherpa. She is the host of This Is Women's Work podcast, which is an incredible podcast, and I will link to my interview that I did with her on her podcast in the show notes. And also, I noticed that she was a former chief development officer. And when I brought her on the podcast, I thought, oh, we're going to talk about what she did to become chief development officer and how she built her confidence. And yes, that is exactly what we talk about in this episode. But we also focus on all the things that she did wrong. And that was the part that was unexpected for me. You know, we can think about what we need to do to get ourselves into these higher positions, but it's easy to forget that the main goal of what we're doing with this podcast is really understanding how we can bring our whole self to the leadership table. And it's not just about the title. So if we get promoted to chief development officer um, in the wrong ways, meaning that external confidence that she learned by quote unquote, acting more like a man, and she'll talk in this episode of about that and what happened for her, it leads to stress and burnout and not really enjoying the role that you thought that you wanted your whole life. And I don't want that for any of you. I don't want you to just receive the title and then have to walk away from it. So when we're listening to today's episode, really think about how can we build that confidence within ourselves to get ourselves those titles, yes, but in a way that really matters to us. And I know that also matters to you as my listener. And so I really wanted to bring you today's podcast interview as an example of Yes, what not to do, but really just the power of Nicole's work and everything that she's doing now to bring confidence to women in a way that is really speaks true to them and giving them the tools to advance on their terms. So let's get started. Welcome to Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and I teach you how to get promoted, get paid, and bring your whole self to the leadership table. I am on a mission to change organizations from the C-suite out because women are the new face of leadership, and we are doing it on our terms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Women Changing Leadership. And I am so excited to bring you today's guest. She is called the Confidence Sherpa. From her title alone, I was like, oh my God, can I just get her on the podcast as soon as possible? And then I found out this golden nugget that of this other podcast that existed in the world that I didn't even know about until I came into contact with her. And it's called This Is Woman's Work. And just recently, we did a recording and interview with me on her podcast. And it's super fun for me to connect with other powerful women who are 
both helping other leaders advance in their careers, find their confidence, but also doing that work within themselves. So a lot of what Nicole is going to be talking to us today is about that inner work. And I have a feeling she probably had to try it out on herself first. (laughs) And she also is a recent author as well. So we're going to dive into her book and learn so much about her today. I really cannot wait. Let me give a more formal introduction before we get started. Nicole Khalil is an in-demand speaker and the dynamic host of This Is Woman's Work podcast. Known as the Confidence Sherpa, Nicole reveals how-to strategies that set her apart from other self-help experts. Previously a Fortune 100 C-suite executive, all right, that's awesome, (laughs) she's helped thousands of women reclaim their confidence so they can live authentically, both personally and professionally. Nicole lives with her husband and daughter in Andover, Massachusetts. And I'm going to have to add a sentence to this bio, which says she is the author of the amazing book, Validation is for Parking. I cannot wait to dive in. Let's get going, Nicole. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So I always start out with this question and I'm just going to give it to you straight up. What are your secrets to success? Yeah. So um, I would say it boils down, if I had to boil down to one thing, it boils down to, I trust myself firmly and boldly. I trust myself to take risks. I trust myself to put myself out there. I trust myself to fail. I trust myself to pick myself back up. I trust myself to learn. I trust that I'll figure it out some way, somehow. Ultimately, if I had to put it in a category, if I look back at all, you know, throughout the course of my life, my secret sauce is somewhere deep down in all stages and all places, I trust myself. Wow, that's so good. I've only recently started to do that. I think I've always been very resilient, right? Resourceful. Um, But boy, this trusting of myself has been my work over these past couple of years and really just trusting that I have something to offer, trusting that I can engage in this conversation, that I belong, right? All of that side of trust has been really an evolution. And I, I can imagine in your work of being the confidence Sherpa, which I'd love to hear more about, um, that 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 idea of trusting yourself has to play a huge part in confidence. Uh, unequivocally. So um, the confidence Sherpa thing stemmed from people saying words like she's an expert in confidence or the confidence expert. And every time somebody said that, I kind of cringed a little bit because like, how do you be an expert on something that big? And and the implication to me was that I had it figured out and that is not the case, right? Um, so I was looking for a word that sent the message that I'm I'm alongside you, right? I'm doing this with you. I'm doing the work myself too. And, um, you know, guide sort of worked and then it evolved into Sherpa because I, I use the example of action builds confidence and, and, and how do you, you know, get into action? You put one foot in front of the other climbing Mount Everest probably seems really big and insurmountable and overwhelming when you're standing at the bottom, but how do you do it? one foot in front of the other, just like you do anything else. And so, I don't know, the the confidence Sherpa sort of found me, not the other way around, but it, it sent more of the message that I wanted 
to send. So this is so um, good. And it also tells you, I love the language, language creating confidence as well. And you notice that you were shrinking back, right? When you, when somebody said something, but then with confidence, Sherpa, you lean forward. You're like, yeah, I can do that. Right. And that's how I feel about corporate badass hands down. Like every time somebody calls me that I get elevated. Right. So what is your take on language and how it affects us? And I, I just think this is such a great tool. It seems like the the simplest and most immediate thing we can do is start to think of ourselves literally in different language. Yeah. So um, I can't overemphasize enough how much I think language matters. So much so that I often look for definitions, synonyms, go to the etymology of words. And, and that's actually what happened with confidence. I, I recognize there was a period of time in my life where I didn't have confidence because I didn't know what it is. And I trusted myself in certain aspects of my life, like in my professional life, but not in other aspects like in dating or personal life or or authenticity. I mean, there were just so many things that were messy. And so like so many of us, my life's work stemmed from something that wasn't working for me or that was painful or, or, or hard in my life. Ultimately, what I did is I went to the root of the word confidence to try to figure out what it is. And I had this aha moment of like, women are generally speaking, have less confidence than their male counterparts, especially during their working years. We're being told to be confident. We know it requires confidence to, you know, put ourselves out there and and run businesses and, and, and all of that. But we don't even know what we're talking about. A lot of us equate confidence with feeling good or looking good. And if you go to the root of the word confidence, it's all about trust. It's firm, bold trust in self. That's the root of the word, the definition of the word confidence. And so, yeah, there are a lot of ways you can feel confident or look confident, but what I'm talking about is going back to that old base root definition of firm and bold trust in self. Wow. So how do we do that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, easier said than done, right? I um, love it. This is why so we have jobs. So it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it, Our work is needed. Absolutely. And in there's so many ways. I would invite you to think about how you build trust with anyone. So if you think about the most trusting relationships in your life, what is it about them that has you trust them? Or what is it about you that has them trust you? Because I think trust building is an individual event, right? It it might be a little bit different for you than it is for me. Now, there are some things that I think would hold universally true. Example, we tend to trust people who keep their commitments more than we do, do those that don't. So if you think about how you're building trust with other people, then the answer of how you build it within yourself is to turn that back on yourself. So Am I keeping the commitments I make? Sure, with others, but also with myself. Am I overcommitting? Am I saying yes when I mean maybe? Am I saying yes when I really mean no? Am I putting my needs and self-care and desires by the wayside for the benefit of somebody else? There's so many ways that we can look at, at keeping commitments, but that's a really good place to start as it relates to building trust within ourselves. I'll I'll throw out a few other ones that I think are universally true. Communicating boundaries. I think that is absolutely a trust builder. 
preparing, planning, practicing, those things increase the trust we have in the thing we're about to do, standing up for ourselves, using our voice, speaking our truth. When we do these things, we tend to build trust in ourselves. So doing... Ah, so even the act of engaging in a conversation about a promotion. So we think we have to get confident first, but what you're saying is like the opposite. We ask and then we build confidence within ourselves. Yes. That's so good. It's sort of this chicken or the egg, which comes first. And my definition of confidence, confidence always comes first. Confidence on the road to competence, confidence on the road to achievement, confidence on the road to, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, uh, income, success, because it's easy to trust ourselves when we're winning. It's easy to trust ourselves when everything is going according to plan. It's easy to trust ourselves when the evidence is there, but then we're tied to these external things when we choose to trust ourselves. I think the real power, the real magic is trusting yourself to before the evidence is there, trusting ourselves before the result shows up, trusting ourselves before we get the promotion. And what's really interesting is taking action on trusting ourselves builds our trust, whether or not we get the result we want. That is so powerful. Yes. Taking action builds our trust because it can't be compromised. It can't be taken away, right? It's like, even if we're told no, that trust still is there. That is so good. So what does validation play into all of this? You know, the title of your book is Validation is for Parking. I love the title. It says a lot about your personality as well, which it's like, we need more women like you in the C-suite, you know, all of those things. So tell us more about that. It it was designed to be a little snarky and that is a little my, my personality. It was really honing in on this thing that I call the confidence con. It's the messaging that we're getting, the mixed and false messaging that we're getting of this false equation of confidence, which looks like this. If X happens, then I'll feel confident. And you can fill X in with whatever you want. If I fit into a certain size, then I'll feel confident. If I meet the person of my dreams, then I'll feel confident. If I get the job or the promotion or the success or the achievement or the perfectly behaved children or the number on the scale, the list is endless, right? If X X happens, then I'll feel confident. The reality is... If your confidence is tied to something outside of you, then it's not confidence at all. And ultimately what ends up happening is we become addicted to the thing. Like when we get it, we might feel temporarily happy or temporarily, you know, confident, but it goes away and then we become addicted to the thing. I know this because I was a promotion junkie, right? I would get the promotion. I'd feel happy for about three minutes. And then all the fear and all the doubt would come rushing in. Why did I get the job? Would my team respect me as a leader? Uh, Could I do it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, oh, the next promotion. Then I'll feel confident. And I ended up being addicted to this thing outside of me. And that's not confidence at all. Confidence is an inside out proposition. It's internal. It's again, trust with self. And so validation feels good. Compliments feel good. Achievement 
feels good. Success feels good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things. I'm just saying that it's icing on the confidence cake. The cake itself is trusting yourself, irrespective of all that other stuff. I love that. I have two questions. Like I could go two different directions. I want to hear about this promotion junkie. I like, I got to know more. And then, um, but I wanted to also share a story um, to kind of close out this idea of getting validation from other people first. Um, So I, uh, something that occurred to me about a year and a half ago, I would hear this messaging, which is you can't care what other people think. You can't care what other people think. You cannot care what other people think. And I thought it had to do with negative opinions. And I don't receive a ton. Like, I think my number one trait on my performance review was she's nice, right? Like, I'm very good at being likable and nice. And that's like a thing. And so I tend not to receive a ton of pushback and anger and like all this. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Like, I was like, I don't want to piss people off because I don't care what they think. Like, I do care what they think, right? All these things. Right. But the twist was, I realized I was constantly caring what people thought on the positive. It was like I was making decisions based on what other people thought. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes both ways. It hurts you on both sides and probably even more detrimental on the other, right? Which is that we're constantly seeking approval from other people, that validation. And so in that moment, it was such an eye-opener because I was able to use the same tools that people use to not care what people think by being mean or like, you know, if they're mad at me to apply to not caring what they thought if they approved me. And basically it looked a little bit like distance, right? Like I was like, I wasn't like, you know, checking my email immediately after I gave a presentation. Yeah, it's interesting. I, and I'm kind of thinking out loud on this. So I'm a little bit more on the other side. I, you know, I had to not care what people thought because they thought I was too loud and too opinionated and too much of a bitch and too cold and too, you know, all, all of the things that often happen when you're climbing a corporate ladder. Um, or and, and in part because of my personality too. <laughs> I am loud and opinionated and bold and direct and all, all of these things. And I probably overemphasized those in a culture that really valued more of those masculine qualities. I think where I've evolved to is I do care what people think. I certainly care what the people I love and respect think, but I've also recognized that it's up to me to decide what I think about myself. I can be influenced by what other people's thoughts are. I can be open for feedback, but how I feel and what I think about myself shouldn't be determined by somebody else, good or bad. I get to decide. I am the decider of who I am, what's right for me, what I'm meant for, what's not meant for me. And and, and that was a really important evolution. I'll put it in the people-pleasing category. That's not what you said, but but sometimes, especially as women, we feel like the more people who like us, the more people who think we're nice, the more people who appreciate us, the better off we'll be. And my loving message is nobody is universally liked unless they're doing it, unless they're not doing do anything worth doing, right? Like you are not a pizza. Not everyone is going to like you. You can't people please your way into joy. And frankly, the more authentic and the more clear in who you are and where you stand, the greater opportunity you give 
for people like you, for the people who will value and appreciate you to find you. I found when I was worried about what other people thought, I watered myself down so much. And then I put myself in a position where I was like, I can't say that, or I can't do that, even if it's authentic, because I'll piss people off around me because I have this wide circle. Now that I've just sort of like, this is who I am, take it or leave it, like me or don't. I've gotten, I think I've gotten easier to find for the people who are my people. 100%. And that's what I've noticed too. So I was originally had this aversion to the letting go of that niceness. But once I kind of like let go of both at the same time, I realized that I am much more open and confident in sharing my ideas and who I am and and just like going for it. And it's been liberating. And, and I love what you said, which is that it allows your people to find you, right? Because there it's your voice matters and we need to hear it and as authentically as possible and, and really what you care about. And there's nothing wrong with being nice. Like if, if you're a kind human, like double down on that, the world needs more of it. Right. But because it's true to you not to please someone else, I think is our opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So you made your way up the ladder, quote unquote, to chief development officer You've already talked to a few things that you did to kind of get there. But now I'm curious, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently now that you have this insight into your career from a distance? Yeah. I mean, so many things, right? (laughs) The benefit of hindsight is, and by the way, that's something I tell myself when I'm experiencing harder times in my life, when I feel like I've failed or I I always tell myself the only thing that's missing right now is the benefit of hindsight. I don't yet know how, when, or where this is going to serve me, but I get to trust that it will. With the benefit of hindsight, I can look back and think so, so, so many things. First, I should have left far sooner than I did. Um, A big part of me chasing promotions and me staying as long as I did is I've, I have this element in me of trying to prove myself. I'm an oldest sibling of two immigrant parents and a recovering perfectionist. And I thought I had to tackle all the problems. I had to face all the challenges. I had to prove myself in any, in all ways. And and I needed to do it all, have it all, be it all and look good while doing it. And it was freaking exhausting. And I wasn't happy and I wasn't proving myself to myself anymore. And I wasn't asking myself, is this a challenge worth facing? Is this a problem I actually care about? Is this an obstacle I want to overcome? I just hung in for way too long and I lost a lot of myself in trying to prove myself to others. And I really did have this belief. If I just got to a certain place, then I would feel good about myself. Then I would have proven myself And it took me a while to figure out that that was a moving target. And if I didn't do something to change the internal things that were happening, I was just going to keep playing out those same external results over and over and all of that. So that's probably the big thing is I, I would have left sooner. I also, I got a lot of promotions but oftentimes the promotions didn't come along with the appropriate salary increases or benefits or things like that. And 
I wish I would have had somebody like you in my life to help me navigate that better. I was a little bit, you know, reactionary and a little, um, and, and I had valid reason to react. I just didn't help my cause. I didn't have the communication strategies. I didn't have another woman to look to and go, how do I do this? Or, you know, what's missing? I very rarely got feedback, even though I asked for it all the time. I think people were afraid to quote, unquote, hurt my feelings or I don't know, who knows? So many things I look back and wish I could do differently. And I know every piece of it led me here. And if that is in fact true, then I have no regrets. Absolutely. That's part of trusting ourselves, right? Is trusting the journey and the process. And, you know, when I listen to your story, it just, it it really points to a, a lot of why I do the work I do to help women become that executive ahead of time, which is really about empowering them to understand their worth and their value at whatever level they're at. And then, yes, we're going to ask for the promotions and the titles to match that, but it's not about that title will then give me freedom, right? It's a, it's like a different way of approaching it. It's this inside out approach to promotions. And my hope is, is that yes, even if you choose to leave, you're not running fiercely out the door. Like I can't handle this anymore, but you have that level of confidence to say this actually doesn't work for me. Right. And that's what I want for all women to choose what works for them, to have the tools to do what makes sense for them. And then also to have those tools to, to ask, to really, you know, ask for the promotions, to navigate the relationships and then to get the heck out if that's what they need to do. Right. It's so good. Um, Because really ultimately if you're going to be chief development officer with all this stress, with all this ugh on top of you, I, I you know, it's like, eh, that's not my mission, right? Yeah. My mission is to bring Nicole <laughs> to the leadership table, right? All of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd stopped asking myself who I am. What do I bring to the table? What do I want? And um, yeah, that, that was it. The way that it looked on the outside did not match at all how it felt on the inside. And it, it, it yeah. It, and that's hard too. That's the golden handcuffs, you know, and it's, yeah. it's tough. It's like, well, you should be happy. You know, da, 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 da. I think about the validation is for parking, uh, Nicole and, you know, and giving her big presentation and talking to the CEO and being on board. <laughs> so I get very excited about that. Totally. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anything else that you want to share for a woman who, I mean, we kind of just touched on it, but a woman who's advancing her career, thinking about what's next for her, I feel like you would probably have lots of really great advice for her. As I always kind of turn things back to confidence is understanding that there's a difference between confidence and competence. And generally speaking, we're seeing in the workplace that women are over-rotating towards competence and, and our male counterparts often over-rotate towards confidence. And the reality is people will choose to follow the most confident person in the room, no matter what. Even if if you have two people and one person's more competent and the other person's more confident, but less, they'll always follow the more confident person. And I think we keep thinking the answer is more education, more knowledge, more experience, more subject matter expert, more 
uh, of all of that stuff. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. They're highly important, but it's an important thing to understand that people follow confidence more so than they do competence. And I don't think that that's actually the way it should be. If you think about it logically for a second, we should always follow the person who knows the most, but unfortunately that's not the current reality. And so it's really important that we choose to trust ourselves, that we demonstrate trust in ourselves, not trust that we have all the answers or that we know what we're doing or that we have it all figured out, but trust in our ability to learn, trust in our ability to grow and get better, trust in our ability to do the right thing and and make the best decisions for ourselves, trust that we'll figure it out as we go, trust that we'll be okay if it doesn't work, trust, trust, trust. Um, Because I think why people follow the most confident person is if you think about in relationship to trust, wouldn't you trust the person who trusted themselves the most, right? Like if you had two people in there and one of them was like, I know exactly what I got this, I'm going to figure this out. And the other person was like, well, I don't know, maybe sort of, I'm I'm having imposter syndrome and I'm freaking out. Like you're going to trust and follow the most confident person. So something to consider investing time and energy into because I do think it'll impact the decisions you make, the dreams you chase, the risks you take, and the things you ask for. Yeah, and and personally, from my experience, confidence it has a lot. Of, it's you know, it's a lifelong journey, and it also has immediate impact, right? Like you can do certain things, like call yourself a confidence Sherpa, and and feel different, right? Ha- experience the confidence. You can learn the language to share in a conversation that makes you you know, be appear more confidently and, and then that leads to more confidence down the line, right? It's sort of like all builds on itself and by taking this action and, and moving forward. I love that. There's an expression I know I used a lot and I'm embarrassed that I did, but I did. Um, and it still kind of exists a lot in corporate environments It's the fake it till you make it. I would lovingly replace that with choose it until you become it. Choose confidence over and over, second by second, if necessary, until the feeling catches up. But an important distinction is that confidence is a choice, not just a feeling. And it's something you can choose anytime you want. It's a a skill you can develop anytime you want. Like you said, it it builds on itself like a muscle, right? So I I think it's the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be conscious of choosing it. And we are actually doing this more frequently in our lives than we give ourselves credit for. I get very inspired by the idea of women changing leadership. The only way we can really change leadership is if we can bring our whole selves, right? You have to be the Nicole who you are. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to bring up those other women. Here's a really great example of one of the women who got promoted to the C-suite and they were having a hiring conversation. They were talking about the confident people, like they were looking to hire the confident people. And she pointed out that they were confident. The diverse candidates were not as confident. And what she did is she sort of balanced the playing field in the conversation about hiring. And she brought that confidence into the room to show everybody else, like, look, 
you know, part of the reason that this person is not as confident is because of their, you know, their background, right? Mm -hmm. But if we look at these other factors, I think they're exactly who we need on the team and more so, right? And so those are the type of practices that we can start to bring in because as women, we've experienced this. We've experienced feeling left out. We've experienced the lack of confidence just because we haven't made those relationships in the room. And so then therefore we can start to uplift others. And that again, outside approach, you know, that circular approach of being like giving them the confidence to be like, you know what you belong and then allowing them to step into that and to say, yes, actually I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a whole host of reasons and a whole host of evidence why women enter their working years with less confidence than their male counterparts. And none of those reasons have anything to do with our birth or the way we're made. It's it's all societal. It's all right. based in, in things. Anybody who's experienced being other has reasons to have less confidence. Having said that, I think another way to look at it is if if you have somebody who is applying, who's another, you know, a person of color, uh, somebody in the LGBT community or woman, whatever, if you have somebody, what they needed to do to get to that point is probably more scary, bigger, harder than, you know, somebody who hasn't experienced being other has had to do. And to me, that's just a sign it's a requirement that they must have it in them. Somehow. Yeah. The yeah. other thing too, is let's be clear about what confidence is because sometimes in those conversations, I think what people are looking for isn't confidence. They're looking for arrogance. They're looking for ego. Yeah. They're looking for, um, you know, I'm better than that's not confidence. That's actually in most cases, the opposite of confidence It's usually masking a whole host of insecurities. But, um, I think unfortunately, we begin to look at confidence in the workplace from a very masculine lens. And I want to be careful. Confidence has no gender. Do you trust yourself? I actually just thought of something in that story that I shared that her case that she was building was actually showing that this other candidate was actually more confident. So she built a verbal case, basically like, no, actually, I think, you know, that it, it, you know, and it doesn't sound like that in words. We're not saying this person's more confident than that person, but what she was showing was why that person was actually more qualified for the role than the other person, not just because of their competence, but because of exactly what you just said, which is they are in that room, right? Let's actually look at the journey that is taking them to get here, right? Versus the arrogant confidence, which is what we see on the surface. And that's what we get attracted to because it's, you know, it's repeated. I mean, that's like the confidence of a Pepsi commercial, right? It's just like what we see. It's what's being put into our brains. I'm so glad you shared that. I think that's a fantastic place to end our conversation today. And um, I want people to be able to find you, Nicole, learn more from you. We will link to your book in the show notes, of course, but what are some other ways that we can connect with you? Yeah. So the best place is probably my website, NicoleKhalil.com. I'm on social media, Instagram at Nicole M. Khalil or um, Nicole Khalil on LinkedIn, but I am actually taking a step uh, back, a, a social media detox, if you will. So I'm not going to be posting a lot 
in there. So unless you're looking for funny memes and the stories and lots of F words, <laughs> it's probably not the best place. So I'll drive you to my website, NicoleKhalil.com. Amazing. I love that. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Your wisdom is so great. You are really changing leadership and I am just so happy to have met you. Me as well. Thank you, Stacey, for having me.